Good morning, my friends. Can you say praise the Lord today? Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord Jesus Christ wonderful? He has washed all of your sins away, and he has granted unto you the grace to receive eternal life and complete forgiveness of your sins. My friends, you are at the right place at the right time. God will honor your faith and your hunger to come before him and hear his word ministered to you today. I am so happy that you're here, and I want to invite you to take your Bibles, your holy Bibles, and meet me in Psalm 115, verse 14. Before we jump into today's message, we want to honor the Lord. Very important that we do this. We even, in essence, want to worship the Lord and be obedient unto the Lord by bringing our holy tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. Yes, I believe, I believe that God has a good plan for our finances. God has your prosperity and your increase on his mind. He's already got it all planned out, all mapped out. And as you walk in accordance with his word and follow his commandments, very strictly, very sincerely in the sense that you are applying yourself to the Word of God to receive its teaching and instruction to do what it says. My friends, God has a great future for you in every facet of your life, and that most certainly includes your finances. Hallelujah. Look at this. Psalm 115, verse 14. We have talked about this verse before. I want to bring out a new, uh, a new aspect of this. It says, may the Lord give you increase more and more. Now, if that verse just said, may the Lord give you increase, well, that would be good, and that would be wonderful. But the Lord, he just likes to always put something something extra on the top. It's kind of like having the ice cream sundae, and then the Lord puts the cherry and the chocolate syrup on top. Look what your Bible says. May the Lord give you increase more and more. I mean, if it just said, may the Lord give you increase, hands go up. Yes, Lord, we believe we receive. But he said, I want to give you increase more. Oh, the Lord will take that too. But that's not what he says. He adds, he says, increase more and more. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. If you want to increase more and more right now, right where you're at, lift up your hands and shout, that's for me. Praise God. My friends, you can't take it out of the Bible. It's there. It's in the good old B-I-B-L-E. And what is the Word of God is also the revealed will of God. Step into the light. Step into the truth. And believe God for this, that He will bring increase into your life more and more. Hallelujah. God's blessings are contingent upon your obedience. You can't live like a dirty old devil and somehow expect that the covenant of God will be fully enforced. My friends, I know there's grace. I know there's forgiveness. But my friends, we want to not frustrate the grace of God. We want to walk close with the Lord, and we want to not grieve the Holy Spirit. Let us honor the Lord today. Let us obey His Word and bring the tithes and the offerings into the house of God. If you're a baby Christian, you just got saved. Not that you're a baby, of course, but that you're very young in the Lord. You could be 40 years old, but you just gave your life to Jesus. So in some things, this is all brand new to you. A tithe basically means 10%. 
Okay, so the Lord wants you to honor him with 10% of your uh, income, yes, but other things that bring wealth into your life, really 10% out of any means of increase or blessing God brings into your life, absolutely. I tithe, my wife and I, we tithe on everything that touches our hand. Woo, hallelujah. And God has blessed us, and he's increasing us more and more. My friends, as you obey the word of God, you'll see, you'll see this scripture, this anointed word touch your life. Now, for those of you that would like to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, PO Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina. Our zip code here is 28. 117. If you want to go online and bring them in safe and secure, day or night, into the storehouse of the Lord, you can visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap, and it brings them immediately into the storehouse of God. My wife and I, we see the giving that comes in. I get a, a printout, a report of all the giving that comes in, and I pray for all of our online church members. I pray for our ministry partners. Praise God. And my friends, those that love the ministry and support the ministry, I'm praying for you. I know who you are. Praise God. And my prayer for you is that the Lord give you increase more and more. Yes, I love, the scripture says you and your children. Yes, let it extend into the lives of those that you love and care about. Hallelujah. Father, I lift up your people to you, and I bless their giving, their tithes, their offerings. I thank you. Increase them more and more as they walk in obedience to the principles, to the commandments of your word. I thank you, O God, that this scripture will be a reality in their life and insufficiency, struggling, barely getting by, will become a distant memory. Father, we give you praise. We thank you for the integrity and the promises and the truth of your word. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say today, amen. Praise God. Today, I want you to meet me in 1 John chapter 2. This would be the first epistle that John wrote, not the Gospel of John, but you have three short letters back towards the back of the New Testament, just before uh, you have Jude and then the book of Revelation. But let's go to 1 John chapter 2 and drop down to verse 15. I want to talk today about the importance of the anointing, the anointing of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is very critical to your success and your well-being. And we want to understand the anointing, not just only how to sustain it, but also even how the anointing can be increased. Glory to God. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, let your word truly come into us. Let it be like a light turned on, because your word is a light. It's a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. And so let it illuminate our destiny. Let it produce desire and motivation within us to serve you. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And together we agree and say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God forever. Verse 15. Do not love the world. You may want you may want to underline the word world. When it's talking about do not love the world, it's not saying you can't love the planet Earth. You can't love the mountains or the rocks or the trees. This is in reference, the world here is in reference to uh, what we would actually call the world system. 
It's a fallen system where Satan still has a lot of influence, actually a whole lot of influence as the prince of the power of the air, as the ruler of the, of the darkness. Satan has the ability to influence this world. He can influence unbelievers. He can even influence Christians who will yield to him. So that's what it's talking about when it's talking about the world. It's not talking about the beautiful lakes that God made. It's not talking about the beautiful oceans and all the amazing creatures, the lions and the tigers, all of these beautiful things that make your heart happy when you see them. But it's talking about the fallen world system. And even in these beautiful natural creations, such as animals, you see their struggle in a fallen world. You see the brutal uh, treatment of evil people that would even kill precious animals that are just on the planet to just eat grass or, you know, or just trying to survive. Yet you'll have people that will uh, just exterminate uh, entire species of animals. They have no heart. They have no, no compassion. They're very cruel, evil people. And then you see the struggle, not only of the animal kingdom, but you see the struggle of the natural creation itself. And that's, that's why it's confusing to some scientists. Some scientists, they realize that there is divine design. There appears to be a creator, somebody of master genius behind the scenes who's done all of this because they do see design, but also as scientists study not just the natural creation, but even moving out further into the galaxies and into the, the depths of the universe, they also see what can be clearly identified as disorder, chaos, calamity. So they're thinking, well, if it was a divine design, uh, what happened? Uh, if God, if there was a God that created, I'm, I'm talking about like an atheist or an agnostic scientist, they would think, well, it does appear that there's divine design, but did he like just create it and leave? Because we also see death. We see decay. We see uh, a breakdown of of things on a large scale from stars that are exploding and imploding the black holes to uh, things that you have to study under not so much a telescope but also under a microscope where you see uh, just the, the, the problem of death, death being a product of sin, but they don't understand the spiritual realm. Praise God, but we do. So the Bible says, do not love the world. That's the fallen world system. The, the, the sin in the world. Don't, don't love that. Well, Pastor Stephen, I have to admit, I really love the nightlife. I tell you what, I get out to them discos, I come alive. No, no, you don't want to love the world. All all of that stuff is death. It's already even passing off the scene. Um, uh, even sinners who've out there sinning and sinning, even they get tired of bored of sin. They know it's sin, but you know, you don't want to have an attraction to that. Praise God. Do not love the world. Oh, oh, Pastor Stephen, though, you don't understand how much Black Friday means to me. Cyber Monday. I live the shop. Shop till I drop. Well, Shopping can be fun, and it can be a blessing also, but I think there's a point also where people just get, they get caught up with the world. They get caught up with uh, shopping. They get caught up with the Super Bowl. They get caught up with March Madness basketball. I've seen people go literally mad. They call it March Madness, where you have the NCAA men's basketball playoffs, and it seems like some people go crazy. I'm talking like Christians. 
They go absolutely crazy for a month. It's it's truly March Madness. And the Bible says, do not love the world. That doesn't mean you can't watch sporting events or enjoy yourself. But I tell you, for some people, it's almost like if you took it away from it, they would weep and cry. They would literally have total breakdowns. My friends, do not love the world Ooh, or the things in the world. Hallelujah. Now, remember, don't twist that verse. Take it out of context. Is when I grew up, uh, growing up in church years back, but, you know, the preacher said, now, you're not supposed to love anything in the world. You're not supposed to have a nice car. You're not supposed to work a good job. You're supposed to, you know, grind it out and tough it out. And, uh, boy, our church, whoo, we, we were struggling. Everybody was struggling in the church. Uh, but that's not what it meant. Don't love the world means don't love this fallen world system that in many ways is a mirage. It's an illusion. It's not reality. It's what marketing techniques and and line editorials would present it to be when the fact of the matter, hey, it's just sin. It's just dirty sin. So don't love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, or also translated as the arrogant pride of one's lifestyle. It's not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away. That world system is, is passing away. The Lord is going to return. And all of this crazy stuff, uh, you know, uh, a lot of it's illegal now. You don't have to run, uh, you don't have to bootleg moonshine anymore. You, you can go to the store <laughs> and buy whiskey so powerful, you could probably almost run your vehicle off of it. Uh, you know, I was just out in California recently. Now, I know they're going to pass the law soon. I, I think it, maybe it's already passed. Uh, maybe it's going into effect soon where uh, marijuana is illegal. Well, there are already so many people smoking it. I was in California for two weeks just recently, and, uh, you know, a lot of people, my goodness, I've never smelt so much marijuana in all my life. It's just disgusting. It's a lot worse than cigarette smoke. Uh, you know, marijuana, pot, whatever you want to call it, it even smells dirty. If I could even describe a smell, because actually smells have a, a representation, marijuana smells stupid. It makes you stupid, too, but it even smells stupid. Mm. Well, anyhow, my friends, all that's going to pass off the way, uh, pass off the scenes. Eventually, when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, sets up the 1,000-year reign, well, he will rule and govern this earth from Jerusalem. Uh, there won't be any more uh, whiskey sales. Uh, I, I, that's actually quite shocking to some Christians. You'll just have to adapt with it. It does say that he will rule with an, with a rod of iron. And so uh, he will do just that. There's a lot of things going on in the earth today. They won't be allowed anymore. There won't be any more drug running. Won't be any more uh, kidnapping, child kidnapping, no more sex trade. You know, all that will be shut down under the thousand-year reign of Messiah. Those that are faithful, that endure to the end, that stick with the Lord in this life, uh, we will be anointed and chosen by the Lord to rule and reign with him during that period. Some over towns, some over cities, uh, over various nations, and on and on it goes. Very, uh, very exciting. A lot to live for. Praise the Lord. But the Lord's going to drop the hammer. Praise God. And uh, it's, uh, it's already passing off the scene, much of this stuff. People know it's sin, and it just gets boring after a while. Praise God. But the Lord's going to rule very strictly. You know, when you go to Singapore, 
and we have people that watch in Singapore uh, that that live there. But when you go to visit Singapore and they stamp your passport, they put a piece of paper in your passport. Those of you that have been there, you know what I'm talking about. They put a piece of paper in your passport, and you're not allowed to take it out the entire the entire time that you're visiting that beautiful country. And that piece of paper is a very stark reminder that says anybody caught trafficking drugs in this country, you will receive the death penalty. Not not 30 days in jail, not 10 years in jail. No, all convicted people that are involved in any form of narcotics or the selling of drugs, the, the penalty is, uh, is the death penalty. And what's wild is even despite that, knowing that if you peddle drugs in this country, you will get the death penalty, you will die. There are some people that are still foolish enough to do just that. And when they are caught, uh, caught, they are executed. But my friends, that's nothing compared to the way it's going to be when the Lord Jesus comes back, because there's a lot of junk going on today, and it's all, it's all going to get shut down. If, if you're a smoker, you might as well just quit now because he will ban. <laughs> He's going to ban the tobacco industry. Well, I, I know it stains your teeth yellow, uh, sometimes even brown. And I know it uh, destroys your heart. And I know it floods your body with carcinogens and really just absolutely desecrates the temple of God. But nevertheless, it's just good to hang it up now because eventually it's all going to get shut down anyhow if it's a sin. I probably shouldn't talk about too many other things. There are some Christians that watch me. It might be depressing to them. (laughs) But it does give you something to think about, doesn't it? Hmm? Praise the Lord. I know some of you that uh, you like to watch certain movies. I uh, hate to inform you. Well, maybe I don't hate it. Maybe I kind of like it. I have to tell you that there are some things that you maybe are watching now. You were not going to have access to that when the Lord is reigning for the 1,000-year period. So if you've gotten uh, used to looking at nudity uh, in movies and hearing God's name blaspheme 40 times in just one two-hour movie, that's all going to be history, my friends. We have a lot to look forward to. The world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Remember, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Keep yourself holy. Let yourself be sanctified and set apart. That's what the Lord told the people, his people, the Jews under the old covenant. He said, all of these nations around you, they are filthy. He said, don't think that the reason you're coming in here is taking and taking this land is because you're so righteous. The Lord said, that's not why. He said, you're going to come in here and I'm going to help you to dispossess these nations, these seven nations that are here. But the Lord said, they are so filthy that the land literally, in a sense, vomits them out. We're talking about cultures that even burned their own children in the fire. Mm, mm, glory to God. Hallelujah. I was driving on the tour bus with our tour guide in Israel one year, and we were going around a certain bend there in the holy city of Jerusalem. And he picked the mic up and he said, well, he said, I hate to say this being a Jew, but he said that site right there has been identified by our leading archaeologist as a literal site 
where our Jewish ancestors actually burned their own children in worship of, uh, of Baal. He said, we know that that happened right there at that spot. Woo! He wanted, he wanted the bus to keep on moving. He wasn't, he wasn't happy about that. My friends, there should be something different about your life. Hallelujah. There, there should be something different about your life in the eyes of the, of the world in which we live. We should be salt and light. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 18. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, that none of them were of us. Verse 20. But you have an anointing. Hallelujah. Stop just for a moment. Lift up your hands and say, thank God. Hallelujah. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Well, now keep that in context, because uh, you must interpret Scripture with Scripture. You cannot go through the Bible, pick a verse out randomly, and try to build some kind of, a, you know, like bizarre doctrine around it when it doesn't jive with all the other scriptures. And you have to keep things in their context. So it says, and you know all things. Well, in the, perspect, uh, in the perspective of knowing truth from error, that's what the anointing will help you judge. In context, knowing the true spirit of Christ from that of an antichrist. Because in the last days, when it talks about the beast and the false prophet, in the book of Revelation, there will be false signs and wonders that are worked by the false prophet, even even calling down fire from heaven in a mock form of a miracle, just like Elijah the prophet did. And so there will be a lot of people deceived. But when you have the anointing, and all believers, all true believers have the anointing, and when you understand that anointing, what it does, how it leads, how it guides, because it's the Holy Spirit's uh, anointing flowing in you, then you can discern between truth and error through the Word of God and through the inner witness of the Holy Spirit, God living on the inside of you. So you have an anointing from the Holy One, from the Holy One, praise God. You know, out of the three greatest challenges that you will ever face in your Christian journey, which are, those would be the world system, which we've talked about already. You have the world system, a fallen world system that tries to pull you into it, much like the riptide current out in the ocean. You know, you try, you try to go for a little swim, and if you're not careful, especially in some areas, it can be very treacherous, and the next thing you know, you're 100 yards from shore. The next thing you know, you're a quarter mile from shore, and you have been caught in a riptide current that's pulling you out literally to sea. That's the way the world system works. Uh, by the way, there's a way to get out of it besides trying to swim back and fight against the current. Just swim sideways until you get out of that uh, that pull, and then you can get back into land. But you have the three things to overcome. You have the world, I mean that, the world system, and then you have the flesh, and you have the devil. Out of the world, the flesh, and the devil, this may surprise you, but the greatest trouble you will ever have is your flesh. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Think about that just for a moment. Now, when I talk about your flesh, I'm not talking about your body. The prophet David, King David of Israel said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That would be Psalm 139. And humankind is made in such a remarkable way by God. Our brains, our minds, and scientists have determined also that the human brain can hold data constantly going in for the next three million years and never run out of storage space. How about that? I mean, you're talking about fearfully, wonderfully made, the way your eyes work, the way your nose works, your body, incredible, your muscles, your sinews, your your tendons, your ligaments, all of this stuff, quite quite amazing. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. So when I say that your flesh will give you more trouble than the world ever will, and even the devil can, what I mean by your flesh is not your flesh and blood physical body. What I'm talking about is the fallen sin nature that is still in your body that you have to keep crucified until you go home to be with Jesus. And when we are with the Lord and the day comes for the Lord's return, what will happen is our bodies, physical bodies will be resurrected and our spiritual bodies will be clothed with a physical body, get this, that is eternal and immortal. Wow. (laughs) Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? You're only a few years out from that. Wow, the resurrection of the saints. Glory to God. If we're still alive when the Lord returns, those who have died before us in the Lord, their bodies will be caught up first. And those that are returning with the Lord, they'll get their bodies, their new bodies, because their bodies will come up. And then those that remain and are alive at the Lord's return, we will also be caught up with him in the air. It'll be so fast, just like the twinkling of an eye, which is faster than even one one hundredth of a second. Oh, it's so much faster than that. We'll be transformed and then we'll be with the Lord forever. But my friends, it is it is amazing what God has planned for us. But you have to remember that as long as you're on this planet, this flesh nature will want to do things, will have a, a, a pull towards the temptations of the world. Matter of fact, the devil, when he tries to tempt you, the only platform that he has to work on when he, when he comes against you, remember, he's the adversary. He's also called the tempter. When he comes, he has to approach you from the perspective of trying to entice your flesh nature. Woo! Isn't that amazing? He's a flesh devil. Now, when I say he's a flesh devil, what I mean by that is that he doesn't have flesh and blood and bones and a physical body. He is a spirit being, but he's spiritually dead. So he's appear he he's tempting your flesh. He's tempting the falling nature that is still in your body. Okay, one day we're going to be set free from that. But till then we have to crucify it. So if he comes and you have crucified the flesh and its passions thereof, you know, he doesn't have anything to work with. I mean, after all, if he came up to a person that's dead, what can he do? The person's dead. You can't tempt a dead person, right? Well, if he comes to you and the flesh nature is crucified, he's like, you know, I, I, can't, I can't do anything here. Now, he'll still try because he is the tempter. 
but just resist him and he will flee from you. So the greatest challenge you will have is not the world, not the devil, but it's your own flesh. It's inward impulses or cravings to do things that are outside the boundaries of scripture. So if you can control your flesh with the help of the Holy Spirit and his anointing, Oh, the importance of the anointing. If you can control your flesh, you are a mighty champion in the eyes of God. Praise the Lord. My friends, it's very important that we walk in the spirit and not walk in the flesh. Now, remember, again, when I say walk in the flesh, I'm not talking about living in your flesh body. I'm talking about yielding to the sinful impulses of the fallen sin nature. Praise God. Oh, yes, I know you're born again. I know you love Jesus. But until we get off this planet and go to be with the Lord, we have not yet experienced full redemption of receiving glorified, immortal, and eternal bodies. Praise God. So the anointing is very, very helpful in in knowing what truth is and knowing what error is in receiving the strength and power of God to reject error, to reject temptation, and to walk in the path that's pleasing to God that he has for your life. Hallelujah. The more you stay in the anointing, the more protection that you have. Sometimes when I feel the surge of the anointing, and when I say feel, it's an inner sense of, of strength that's growing when I sense that because maybe I've been praying in the Spirit. Maybe I've been spending time with God. Maybe I've been reading my Bible. When I feel that anointing flowing and getting stronger, let's say I'm, I'm speaking in tongues, then what I'll do is I'll just stomp the pedal all the way to the floor. I'll push the gas pedal down all the way, and I'll just uh, and I'll just pray as fast and as strong as I can. If I've got the time, I'll I'll just keep on going because there is an anointing. You have an anointing from the Holy One, my friends. That anointing can be increased. That anointing is a high level of discernment. That anointing is a high level of protection, not just from the Antichrist. Praise God. Praise God. What is Christ? Is Christ the Lord's last name? Jesus Christ. Yep, Pastor Stephen. It's like saying Stephen Brooks and uh, Christ is his last name. No, you and I both know that. Christ, sometimes seen as Messiah, of course, in the Old Testament. Messiah and Christ both are exactly the same word. If you really want to find the meaning, just pull it up in the Greek or pull it up in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew. It still means the same thing in both in its original language. It simply means the anointed one. Jesus was called the Christ because the Holy Spirit was all over him. Anointing means to rub down and smear with oil. Praise God. Now, Jesus the anointed one. There will be an anti Christ. What does that mean? An anti-anointed one. The fact that there's an anointing 
suggest that there's a smoothness. The oil is smooth. Suggest that this Antichrist, the man of sin, as the Bible calls him, has the ability to speak uh, so eloquently, has the ability to influence the media, has the ability to lie and deceive so smoothly, has the ability to bring his buddy in, the false prophet, and work miracles, signs and wonders, as the Bible says, to even deceive the own elect, God's own elect. Hmm. Very, very interesting. But my friends, when you know the true anointing, when, when you are filled with the Spirit, uh, honestly, it's very easy to identify a false Christ, a false anointing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes in church, in church meetings, there is an anointing when a person can really preach, can really shout, can really move in the spirit. But sometimes people don't know the difference. I'm talking, when I say people, I'm talking about Christians. Sometimes Christians don't know the difference between that strong moving of the spirit where there's, there's maybe energy and power and excitement in the flesh. So a lot of people, uh, they're just excited in the flesh. Maybe they, they, the worship team or praise team sang a song that they like. And so they're all in the flesh. They're jumping and shouting. But it doesn't mean there's an anointing. It doesn't even mean that the Spirit of God is present. And a lot of times people, uh, you can even preach in the flesh. You can just shout and holler and re- really just give somebody a headache because it's, it's a lot of noise. It might even be textually correct you know, scripturally correct, but if there's no anointing on it, it's not going to, it's not going to change people's lives. Now, I know that the word is anointed, but there's also a flow. There is a flow of the spirit. You really want to endeavor to get into that flow of the spirit. You have an anointing from the Holy One. You have an anointing, but you want that anointing to rise to the forefront of your life, not to be shut down. There are quite a few Christians that want to cap the well. Pastor Stephen, we don't believe in that in our denomination. Well, that's why you're so dry. <laughs> you have shut the well down. It's like in the oil field industry of, of petroleum and, and uh, gasoline products and things like that. It's all coming out of the ground. But if you cap the well, you know, we can't, we can't pump it out. So you want to be able to extract the oil, let the oil flow. And when it is flowing, glory to God, you know, get, get as much of it as you can. Hallelujah. You're walking truth. You're walking strength. And this will really help you keep your flesh under. Anytime you start sensing that flow of the anointing, just stay in it as long as you can. Why? Your flesh is being crucified. And sometimes it, it takes a little bit of energy and effort to get to a place where your flesh is not bugging you or irritating you. And so since you're beginning to move, move over into the spirit and enjoy the flow of that oil, oh, just go ahead and get all lubricated. Just go ahead and enjoy the Lord's presence because the flesh nature is being crucified. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, those who are Christ have crucified the, the flesh and its sinful passions. Yep, just nailed it to the cross, nailed it to the cross. And you come out of those times with the Lord, and you think, what happened to that yucky desire? Got absolutely crucified. That's the value of the anointing. Glory to God. That's the anointing of the Holy Spirit touching your life. And look, you can, you can get healed 
in the presence of the Lord like that. You might not even be seeking a healing. Maybe you need a healing, but you're just spending time with the Lord. And the next thing you know, that that anointing has risen up and is, is flowing through you so strong that you notice the pain in your body has gone. Wow. Praise the Lord. My friends, take it. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise today. Verse 26, these things I have written to you. Now, this is the elder John. This is the same John who leaned his head on the Lord's chest and said, Lord, who is the one who, who betrays you? Who is it? And the Lord said, he said, it's the person that I'm going to dip this piece of bread. I'm going to dip it into the oil, and then I'm going to hand it to that person. The person that I hand it to, he is my betrayer. So this is John now. Now, when John had that, that you know, when he was an apostle, a disciple of the Lord, that was many years earlier. Now he's an old man. He's an old man. And he's writing, and he's saying in verse 26, These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. You need to be anointed so you're not deceived. Oh, not just by wrong Bible preaching, so that you're not deceived by fake news. How about that? <laughs> Woo! Some Christians, they don't even need to be concerned about getting uh, wrong doctrine. The, the devil's already got them. They get, they get deceived and get lied to with fake news, and they bite it and swallow it and eat it, and they think that was true. And the whole thing was a manipulation. It was a lie. It's amazing what you can do when you share a news story out of context. It's an amazing thing that you can do when you take something that somebody said out of context and then just play it. I remember the time, I think it was, maybe I can't remember if it was ABC News or NBC News, did a expose, they called it, on Dr. Fred Price of Crenshaw Christian Center. And they lifted a statement that he made, and they took it out of context and they aired it on national television, and the whole thing that they did was an absolute lie. And they knew it, and they did it anyhow. They misquoted him out of context, and what he actually said was actually an example of what he said, this is wrong to do this. And then he gave an example of what that wrong thing would be, and, they, and the news took that wrong statement and told the world, look what he said. Oh, my goodness. Fake news. Woo! But the anointing, my friends, the value of the anointing. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, whether it's ABC or CBS or NBC or PBS, teaching you about evolution, teaching you that your forefathers crawled out of out of a swamp, you know, that your your great 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 granddaddy was an amoeba you know, and crawled out and eventually developed a tail and turned into a tadpole and eventually turned into a frog. And here you are today. You don't need anybody to, uh, to teach you that's total junk. Any Christian with the anointing on the inside of them has to say there's something extremely stupid about that. Have you ever noticed how evolutionists just think that they can fix the whole thing by throwing billions of years at it. Well, you know, over the period of time, over the period of four billion years, five billion years, six billions of years. Okay, so what makes you think that just throwing time at it somehow makes it happenable, somehow makes it doable? It's just, it's just crazy. I don't have enough faith to be, to be an atheist. No, absolutely not. Mm. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. You know, I was listening to one creation scientist who he wrote an article and he said he debated one of the world's leading evolutionists. Of course, this man was an atheist. And after the debate was over, the evolutionist atheist went into the back room with the creation scientist who was a Christian man. They went into the back room just to relax. The debate's over. It was a public debate. You know, uh, you know, many people listen to it and so forth. So they go, they go into the back room and they were just talking about the debate. And so the Christian scientist who believes in creation science, in other words, he believes the book of Genesis is real. It's not make believe. He was talking to the, the atheist and he said, so what did you think about my presentation of divine design? that obviously there's got to be a creator because there's so much design in the earth, even you, uh, even the world. It's just proof after proof that somebody has designed this. It can't randomly happen. It's impossible. And the evolutionist, the atheist said, well, he said, yeah, he said, I, I, I see exactly what you're saying. You made some phenomenal points and I, I can totally see it. I completely understand what you're saying. And it was a great presentation. And so the Christian said, well, why, why don't you, receive the truth and the atheist evolutionist said well he said I can't receive it because if I receive that truth it means that there is a God and if there is a God there has to be therefore a moral code and if there is a moral code that means there is right and wrong and if there is right and wrong it means I can't sleep with whoever I want to sleep with and he said, because of that, I want to stick with my evolutionary views. That's really all it comes down to. If there is a God, then there is right and wrong. Woo! Hallelujah. My friends, there is a God. Hallelujah. <laughs> and the anointing teaches you all truth, and you can't be deceived. What is the Holy Spirit on the inside witness to you. You might not even be, a, you might be a young Christian. Maybe you can't even find the book of Genesis. You don't even know where it's at. You don't even know who Moses is. But the anointing is on the inside of every believer, and it will lead you and guide you into truth. Praise God. The reason you're at where today and you know the things that you know is because you have been open to the anointing. Praise the Lord. Please don't ever trade the anointing for respectability. There are a lot of churches that have capped and have shut off the anointing because it's not respectable to dignified man. Now, we don't want any of that moving of the spirit in our church because we don't believe in that. And we don't believe in that tongues. And we certainly don't believe in casting out devils. That's why they sit in the church, because people won't cast them out. I love casting evil spirits out of people. Hallelujah. Jesus said, in my name, you shall cast out demons. And that's for all believers. He said, these signs shall follow you. Praise God. You have authority over the devil. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But a lot of churches, they don't want, they don't want anything to do with stuff like that. It's too messy. It's too messy. We don't want any manifestations. We don't want any gifts of the Spirit moving. What are they doing? They are trading the anointing for respectability. To be respectable in the eyes of God? Oh, no. To be respectable in the eyes of men. Hmm. And so if you shut off that anointing, you can get deceived. If you shut off that anointing, your ability to walk in the light will be diminished, and you're going to start bumping into things because you don't have enough illumination. You've capped the anointing. Praise the Lord. But when you are anointed, you're strong. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. There's protection in the anointing. Stay anointed. Stay anointed through prayer, speaking in tongues, praying in the Spirit. Don't ever forget that the Word of God is anointed. And the more of the Word that you take in, meditating on it day and night, the stronger and the stronger and the stronger you get. And when deception pops his head, whether it's the Antichrist who eventually will show up on the scene, or whether it's just a lie being pushed by somebody, you'll say, that's not true. Well, what do you mean it's not true? Because thus says the Lord. It's written. It is written. See, when, when the devil tempted Jesus, he even tried to distort Scripture. The devil, can you believe this? The dirty old devil, the filthy devil, the father of lies, the one who is a murderer from the beginning. Here comes the devil in all of his filthy self, quoting Scripture. How about that? Here comes the devil quoting scripture, quoting it out of context. And three times Jesus said, after the first temptation, he said, it is written. Second temptation, rebuke the devil by, it is written. Third temptation, rebuke the enemy by saying, it is written. It is written. It is written. But if you don't know what's written, you can't draw upon that rich word. That's why it says in Colossians chapter 3, it says, let the word of Christ, what is Christ? Not Jesus' last name, a title. Christ, the anointed one. Let the word of the anointed one, oh my goodness, let it dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Praise God. Praise God. This is your wisdom, the word of God. This is your deliverance. The Word of God. Hallelujah. Now, we are right in the thick of the holiday season. We've just cleared Thanksgiving, and we're going into the Christmas season. Can I just talk to you for a moment? Hallelujah. You have the parable in Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13, about the, the foolish virgins and the wise virgins. I want you to be very careful that in the holiday season that you don't run out of oil and be like the foolish virgins. Don't run out of oil. Don't let the anointing run dry. Don't cap the anointing. Don't get so caught up in shopping and Christmas and eggnog and gingerbread cookies that the anointing is being neglected. I actually want to challenge you to increase the anointing over the holiday season. Praise God. I want you not to go backwards. I, I'm not even asking you to hold steady. I actually want you to go forward as your pastor, speaking into your life. I want you to endeavor to finish the year strong and that even with a swirl of activity, I want you to give God more time. I want you to lean in. I want you to hear the voice of God. I want you to meditate on the Word of God day and night. And I want you to get strong. Hallelujah. Praise God, so that the anointing, the discernment, the sharpness in you is so sharp that you are like a sword, so polished, so sharp, so sharp, that you are able to say, it is written. It is written. Why? Because you read your Bible last night for an hour. Because you got up this morning, read your Bible for 20 minutes. You're sharp. And the Word comes out. The Word comes out. Man shall not live by bread alone. 
Man shall not live by turkey and mashed potatoes and brown gravy and all the Christmas fixings and the smoked honey-baked ham. Oh, it's all good, but man shall not live by that alone. Oh, it's good. I like it, but it's good. But man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word in the Greek, every rhema, every explosive living word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's your real food. You need to be in God's word, finding the rhema word that gives you the nourishment that you need every, every day. Stay in that anointing, to stay strong, to be literally increasing, to be increasing in the wisdom and in the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for your people today. Increase more and more financially, yes. But Father, increase more and more in the knowledge of you. Increase more and more in the anointing. Increase more and more in wisdom of your word. Increase more and more in transformation of the mind being renewed with your word, increasing more and more in sharpness, hallelujah, in truth, in love, and in faith. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Now let the anointing flow. Let the anointing flow. Let there be praise. Let there be worship. Let there be the lifting of hands. Hallelujah. Let there be the speaking in tongues. Let there be the exercise of the spiritual gifts. As we close today, you may feel such a surge of the anointing. You may want to get on your phone and call somebody and prophesy to them. Hallelujah. Brother, God has given me this word for you. Sister, I just listened to a message and I feel that God has given me a message for you. I, I want to prophesy the word of God to you. You may want to email a word of encouragement, comfort, edification, exhortation to somebody. Hallelujah. When the oil is flowing, so many good things come out of that. Hallelujah. Do not neglect the anointing of the Spirit. Do not neglect the flow of the oil and get so caught up in holiday shopping, get so caught up like Mary in feeding everybody. We've got to cook all this food. It's Christmas time. We've got to cook all this food. And you, you, you just totally uh, run out of oil. Don't do that. And then suddenly you find yourself dry. Mm -mm. Guess what happens when the oil runs out? Somebody shows up. He's called the tempter. Don't ever run out of oil. He doesn't play fair. He has no conscience. He, doesn't, he looks for weak moments. He'll look for you to let your guard down. And that's when he'll t attack. Don't run out of oil. You never know when you may need to pray for somebody. You never know when you may step into a moment, and it's a God moment, but you can't respond because there is no, thus saith the Lord. There is just, just the flesh coming out. Let the oil always be in full supply in you. Father, bless your people with strength, courage, and the endurance to walk with you until the race is won. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive Holy Communion together. Please grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. Glory to God. I want you to be mindful also of our upcoming tour to Israel in May of 2018. Woo! -hoo! You can go online. 
and print out the brochure. Come on, register, sign up. Let's go to the Holy Land together. Let's get in the oil, the flow of the Spirit together. Hallelujah. To go on the tour, it only costs $300 to register. Okay, and the price of the tour flying out of New York is thirty-eight forty-eight. I know many of you will connect from another city. Just call the travel agency, and they will book your flight from your nearest airport to New York. Okay, and they'll help you add on that small cost. Praise God, glory to God. That number one eight hundred nine two nine forty six eighty four, and select option two. Father, we consecrate and bless this bread and this juice. This is set apart. This is holy. This is now the flesh and blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for rich fellowship with our Savior. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, as we receive the flesh of Jesus, we receive the promises of his word, the instructions of his word. We receive your goodness and your blessing. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive now. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We ask, O oh God, for your grace that our prayer time, our devotional life not be diminished just because we're in a particularly busy season, but that actually we would even increase it. We ask you for your grace. Thank you, Father God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father God. We give you praise. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Lord God, let your anointing be increased in our lives. Let us be sensitive to your Holy Spirit and the flow of the holy anointing. We give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us now receive the blood of Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. I smell wood burning. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm smelling that in the spirit. Praise the Lord. That can have different meanings <laughs> depending on what type of wood is burning and the context of the smell. Praise God. But something good is going on. Glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There's Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, where it speaks of your life being a living sacrifice and your life placed on the altar. Okay? And that's, that's, the, that's the smell. The wood is burning. Just place your life on the altar. Jesus said, if any man, and that, that's anthropos, meaning mankind, so it includes women, children. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me daily. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's laying your life down on the altar. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we praise you. Let our lives be pleasing to you. Glory. Glory. Thank you, Father. Glory. Thank you for breakthrough. Now the anointing's flowing. Thank you, Father, that the anointing of your spirit, the oil is flowing inside, the anointing on the inside. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. 
teaching us, guiding us, directing us. Praise you, praise you. Some of you, you have an anointing to praise right now. Some of you, you have an anointing to speak in tongues right now. Some of you, you have an anointing to prophesy right now. I leave you to walk that out in the peace and joy of the Lord. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. God bless you. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.